Hello, I am Heidi and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people and share true stories of overcoming life's challenges. We are taking life's lemons and making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Kimberly. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I am so looking forward to getting to know you. So start out by telling me a couple of things about yourself. Okay, so I come from a family of 11 children, and I feel like one unique thing about us is we all like each other, like we get along, and it's just, it's, we just have a very tight, good family, so I love that um, God allowed me to be a part of so many humans' lives in a very close way. And then I do, I have four kids, ages um, 10 to 17. And my first three boys are adopted at birth. They're biracial and I've learned a lot and I feel like it's a blessing and the experiences I have and the lessons I've learned, I would be able to learn no other way than the blessing of adoption. So so you adopted three and then you were able to have natural yeah. after that. Yeah. So I we hear that we happening. Went, we went back to the same doctor and did the same thing. And I actually got pregnant the first month. So, awesome. and I got to experience kind of both sides. I got to experience pregnancy, which is wonderful and adoption, the gift of giving in the way that adoption, I mean, the impact of that gift is just incredible. So amazing. I love that. Well, there's a lemon to lemonade story right there too. Yeah, so. That's a different story. <laughs> it's a different story. Okay. All right. Well then take me back. Tell me your lemon to lemonade story that you're going to share. I want to start it here. I separated from my husband. We, we had things to work out and there were things that I could no longer live with. So he moved out and um, I started feeling very empowered as a single mom, which I, did, I didn't think I could do. I was super scared to separate, but I knew God needed us to do that for our relationship. We were 10 weeks into the separation. It was crushing and empowering at the same time. I found out that my sister took her life 10 weeks into my separation. And my sister, I want to tell you actually a little bit about my sister before I go through the story. My sister's name is Mindy, and she was 35 years old at the time. And she had six kids, ages 2 to 13. We shared a birthday. So she was four years younger than me. It was a really special day for both of us. One of the gifts to us that our parents gave us was they let us go out to eat on our birthday with just them. So... We had some alone time with them. And every year they would ask us if we wanted to go alone or together. And we always wanted to go together. So I have this special bond with her. Maybe it doesn't seem like a big deal, but sharing her birthday was a very big deal to us. The other thing I want to share about her is that she was happy. A lot of people think people that turn to suicide are in their bed, under covers, sad, lonely. She wasn't lonely. She had people all around her. She had friends. She had a large family. She had six kids. She had a husband, um, but she was very happy. And sometimes her happiness actually got on my nerves. I would lead family events and think, oh my goodness, why 
like I actually, I wanted to find the happiness that, that she had, or I thought she had. So, um, I remember a time going with her to the mountains with our kids and she always wanted to go to the mountains in the summer and I have a job and she doesn't. And looking back, I wish I would have said yes more times to the mountains, but, and we went up and I remember her getting in the river and just throwing water up above her head. I actually have a video of it that I'm so grateful for. And she let loose a lot more than I did. And she told the kids, you can strip down to your underwear and get muddy. And I was like, they can do that. Like, like they can do that. And my kids, my kids were ages five to 12 at the time. And so anyway, that's a memory I have of her is just, she just wanted to be free and she wanted to be happy. And, um, she also served everyone, everyone around her, she served. And she tried to make sure everyone was okay all of the time. Oh, by the way, my husband and I are back together. We got back together the month before COVID. We were quarantined in March together in the same house with all the kids. And that has been a trial in itself, but we are back together. And I know that's not everyone's answer, but um, I'm grateful for that. So my sister had four boys and then she had a baby girl and she wanted this baby girl so badly. There is something called postpartum psychosis. I don't know if that's her only diagnosis, but that is, as far as we know, kind of what happened. And it happened after her first baby girl. And it wasn't when she was just tiny, but um, she was maybe 18 months, several months old when it happened. But um, they tried to get some counseling. One thing about, I don't know if this is, you know, just her, but one thing about her is she was really able to kind of make therapists and counselors think she was okay. She was a mom of six, like there wasn't, you know, and a very, very, very sweet mom of six. So a lot of times she, she didn't do a lot of therapy, but the few times she did, um, they kind of were like, well, you're fine, you know? She was uh, hospitalized. They got her on some medications. She was very affected by meds. And so um, once she got out, she didn't stay on the meds because they didn't affect her. They uh, honestly, I don't, I don't think they were the right meds. So she did not stay on the meds. Then I feel like she did some natural things, supplementations, things that made her better. I remember my mom telling me, I went down to see Mindy today and we planted plants together in her flower bed, which she loved. And she said, I think Mindy's going to be okay. She just said she seemed very normal and, um, I, she seemed very happy and I, I was very happy to see her like that. So there was hope in between the confusion. And one of the things that was very scary about her mental illness is, um, she also was very prone to, um, listening to, the darker side. One of the things that she did is she went on a plant-based diet. She truly believed that her and her family couldn't gain salvation unless they ate this way. And that did cause some friction between her and her husband because her husband didn't believe that her children should eat this way. And so, um, around that same time, uh, she honestly threw away all the protein in the house. There was another incident that led her to hospitalization. So that was her second hospitalization. And in, I think, about 16 months, she did stay on the meds this time. 
and she started eating meat in the hospital and she started gaining weight. She actually got down to at a five, two build, she got down to 83 pounds. So she was the size of a 10 year old. I love my sister and I try to do everything I could, even with the family that I have, but she did live about 30 minutes from me. So by the time she got out of the hospital, this time they kept her nine days. The first time they kept her five days, she was on a med. I ha- there are six girls in our family. So I have five sisters and, and brothers. And every time that we were in contact, we, with Mindy, we would check in with each other. Like one thing that we really looked at was her eyes because the eyes are the window to the soul. And we could tell when they were dark and we could tell when they were light. We, we just checked in on her. We cared about her so much. After that hospitalization, uh, she was on the meds, but a few weeks before she died, she started going off the meds and her husband tried to watch her take them. The problem is when you're an adult, you get to choose your choices. And when your mind is confused, those choices aren't always great. So, um, I guess she had gone off the meds five days before she died, but the night before she died, we were at my grandma's assisted living facility. It was December 5th. We had all gathered. She just was, she seemed like she was enjoying being there. And I remember she told me, I want to go be a nurse. And in my mind, I was like, oh, if you were to go be a nurse, that would be a good thing because um, you could learn about nutrition. Like this would be really good. Um, I also, I think I questioned and said, well, her baby was two her second girl. And I said, well, what would you do with her? And she's, she just had a plan to do it from home and to maybe get some childcare on the side. And I left thinking, okay, you know, this could be something good for her. I kind of questioned if she could handle it, but we left that evening. And the next morning I was in my place of worship. I came out to a text message from my mom saying that Mindy had disappeared again. And I was sick. I remember walking into my son's school and the moment I grabbed the doorknob, I remember instinctively thinking, what if she's gone? And I hope, you know, she could find peace that way. Because I was separated from my husband that evening, well, we were kind of tracking her debit card and not seeing anything and, um, she didn't have like even a full tank of gas. We just didn't know where she had gone. We, we just were praying and looking and didn't know what to do. And when we weren't seeing anything kind of like her phone was off and all the things, um, her husband posted finally on like a neighborhood site and said, this is my wife's car and she's missing. Um, please let us know if you know anything. And in the meantime, I was home and I was living single at the time with my children. And I had told my dad a few days earlier that I needed help with my Christmas lights on my tree. Um, this memory is so vivid. Um, so my mom texted and said, we're going to come help you with your tree. And I said, mom, why would you do that? Like Mindy's missing. And she just, she's like, we, we don't know what else to do. Like we would rather serve you than." So they came over. And my kids were home and we were stringing the tree. And I remember someone had posted that they had seen her car and I, I was freaked out because she wasn't there. Right. So I remember getting the call from 
my brother-in-law's mom, who we just adore, telling us that they found her deceased. And the noises we made were not quiet. And our anguish in our hearts was too big. I took my kids across the street to a neighbor and I said, I need you to keep them. And I texted my husband who was not living at home. And I said, I need you to come and get them. And I remember just trying to absorb the info, just so, so sad that she had found this as her, her answer. I packed my bag. I couldn't even think straight. And I went to my mom's house who just lives a few miles away. This, this happened four and a half years ago. So I stayed up at my home for four to five days. And I held my parents as they sobbed in anguish because this is not what we wanted. One of the things I remember is that one of her hospitalizations, she was in over Mother's Day and she would call my mom just sobbing. She just would sob and say, I miss my kids. I want to come out. And that is the thing with Mindy. She absolutely adored her children that her two-year-old was sent here to save us because she was the happiest little human being. And her husband told us she is the reason I get out of bed because I, I have not talked about her husband, but her husband is an incredible man. Her husband did have firearms and they were all locked up all of the time, but they had gone to hang out with his brother's family the weekend before. And it was in the car, in a locked car, and she found the key and she shot herself in her heart. And she left a note and the note was crushing because it said things like, part of my brain has died and it cannot be fixed on this earth. And I hope that you find a new wife with a well-functioning mind. She also apologized for the trouble she had caused. And as hard as it is to read the letter, it actually gave us answers to what was really going on in her mind. And I truly believe, even though I don't think suicide is ever the answer, I truly believe that she did not feel like she could live on this planet with meds or on this planet without meds. I just want to talk about myself during this time a little bit before I wrap up my self-care during this time, being separated with a sister just that took her life, who I absolutely adored. And I know that she adored me. I took a therapeutic yoga course for almost two years. It was every Wednesday and it was two and a half hours and we didn't just do yoga. But I remember donating plasma to even afford the class. And I showed up with a lot of other broken people. And that is the place that I breathed every week. I felt like I could not catch my breath outside of that class. 
I also did a lot of therapy. I was, I actually added it up one time and I was doing about 16 hours a week of self-care. And I did that because my sister had not been okay. My husband was not okay. My adopted children had struggle, emotional struggles. And I knew that I had to be okay. And so I took care of myself. And I did not look like, I have a whole different version of self-care now. Um, The sugar to my story is that her kids are her legacy. And I adore them. And I cannot take her place. But I can spend time with her kids and they adore me. I am grateful for them. And I I will say that her family is doing the best they know how. Her husband, like I said, is just incredible. He picked up the pieces. His heart was crushed. He was angry and mad and sad. And all of the pieces of grief he felt. He has learned how important his family is. And he absolutely is an incredible dad. He did get remarried eight months later to someone that has four children. So together they have 10 kids. I want to put a plug in for life insurance. Mindy had life insurance. And I remember going to his house the morning after we found out and he looked at me and, or maybe I, I think he said something about the insurance and my dad written the policy. So we had checked on it. My dad's an insurance broker. Um, I said to him, Shane, your insurance is good. And the relief even in his anguish that filled his face was noticeable. He was able to pay their mortgage off and not worry in such a tragic time about money. I want to just list her kids' names. She has her baby, Lily, who is just a spitting image of her. And she is just the most darling, happy, sassy thing ever. She has, um, her next child up is her girl named Alyssa, who Alyssa was her first girl and just her darling little sweetheart. And then there's Kyler who I remember going to his house right after it happened. And I went into his room and he looked so lonely. He was by himself playing with toys. And I said, bud, how are you doing? And he said, my mommy went into the mountains and she died. And he was just so lonely. Um, above that is Zachy. We call him Zachy because actually his new stepmom has a Zach as well. So we call them Big Zach and Zachy. And then um, above that is Wyatt. And Wyatt is a deer. He's just a dear, dear boy. And above that is Hunter. And Wyatt and Hunter are probably the ones that remember Mindy the most, the good times and the very, very hard times. And Hunter just graduated from high school. Hunter and Wyatt are just absolutely best friends. They have made it through this together. My stirring of the lemonade is that we absolutely need to speak up. I know in my time of pain, we were a family of 11. We're a Christian family. Things like this don't happen to us. But 
the one thing that I learned um, is that we need to talk. I will tell you about another experience with Mindy. I knew she was struggling. I went to her house for a few hours during the day while our kids were gone. I remember her trying to be happy and her back was turned to me in the kitchen and she all of a sudden turned around and she just was in sobs. And I went to the couch and I held her frail little body. She just explained to me that she did not think that she was doing what God wanted her to do. She didn't think she was enough. She thought she was, she just didn't think she was worthy. And I hugged her and snuggled her and tried to tell her all of the things so that she felt worthy. And after a little bit of that, I said, what can I do to help you? And this is honestly one of the few times I saw her break down and we decided to do her laundry together. And that is something that gave her relief for the day. As I started to speak up, I have found, first of all, God gave me these experiences that are tragic. There are several others in my life that I feel like I have just gained knowledge of how, how things are. And I have learned to speak up. And the more I spoke up in my pain, the more I found other people in pain that needed me to speak up so that they could speak up. So I think that we should share our stories. And I think that we should share the very hard parts of our stories with the people that we trust. We can't share them with everyone. Not everyone is ready. As we speak up, we start to learn that we struggle with the same things. And so my advice to everyone is to speak up and to ask questions. I wish that I would have said, is suicide ever been on your mind? I wish I would have said that. I don't know if she would have admitted it. I wish that I would have asked more questions and I cannot stay in regret, but what I will do is I will ask questions. To all of those struggling, there is hope and suicide is not the answer. The heartache that I've seen her family go through and her friends and everybody that absolutely adored her is not worth it. I also feel like since her death, I have learned about so many options that could have helped her. And I just plead with you that if you are in that dark place, that you will be open to options and do whatever it takes to get better. I tribute this podcast to Mindy. I asked her to be with me so that I could share in the parts of her story that needed to be heard. I feel like she was here. Wow. Um, Suicide is very sensitive to me. And I so appreciate you sharing and being so vulnerable and honest and open and and sharing your experience. This is tragic and it's got to stop. It can't keep happening. My dad died by suicide as well. And I know you... I I did hear that on your podcast and um, your story really touched me as well. 
it's so unnecessary and I wish people would understand that it's not an answer. It should not even be an option. Right. Right. Why is it just, how, how did it even come to be a thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in their minds and I know they're not well. And that actually gives me peace knowing that they didn't make that choice, knowing all the, all the problems it was going to cause. They just really thought that was the only solution. And, and so I appreciate your voice now teaching people that there are other options. There are other solutions that is not an option. And I really appreciate you using your voice to try to help others so that we don't have to have these family members that are left behind anymore. I know it's a hard story to tell and I appreciate that your lemonade is to share and to support Mindy's children and, and the family and to not let this happen anymore. But I think a lot of it is that guilt of what could we have done different or more or right. could I have loved them more? Could I have listened more? Could I have been there more? Could I have, what could I have done? And that's the hard part for those left behind is to have to deal with what could I have done different? Yeah, I did speak at her funeral and we had friends. Of course, her friends, came, you know, came after she died and said, what could I have done differently? Why didn't I see this? And you can't, you can't, you can't sit there, but you can decide to, to know and do, do more. Yeah. It made me really aware of people after my dad died as well. I wasn't so self-absorbed for a while. I was able to notice other people and I wanted to make friends and reach out and uplift and support after that. Cause I always wondered if somebody would have done that for my dad would, I don't know. I don't know how things would have been different. And so we can't change what's happened, but we can go forward with that knowledge and try to help people in the future. Just yep. be more aware and more aware of others. And so I appreciate that you're teaching that. Thank you. I am so sad that you had to deal with all this. And especially at that time in your life. I could not wrap my brain around it. Yeah. And I think one of the hardest things is just the questions that won't yeah. be answered here. Yeah. You know, what was she really thinking? Because I, I, I was mad at God because I mean, I can't, I, I feel like I can't be mad at her because she wasn't in her right mind, but I was mad at God for allowing the mental illness to happen. And I told him, I was mad at him. Like it didn't make sense why it had to happen to such a beautiful soul. But, um, I do believe that she's still doing work as an angel on earth. And I believe that she's a big part of her kids' lives still. And I try to remind, remind them of that often. We talk about her all the time with her kids. She has left a legacy and they will remember that. Are you still mad at God? I don't know why me and my family and her family had to go through this, but I saw God show up so many times along the way that I can't be mad at him anymore. I don't know how 
I did those two and a half years, but I do know that God showed up. So I'm not mad at God anymore. One thing that I do to get through, um, is I have her kids over in the month of June, usually just a few days before my birthday. I have felt her in my life still, especially when I'm with her kids. I feel her tell me thank you because I would want her to be doing with my kids what I am doing with her kids. She would show up for me. What a gift. What a beautiful gift that you can enjoy that and look at the good. So it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with me. You're welcome, Heidi. Thank you for giving me the space to talk. Thank you. Thank you for trusting me with your story and sharing it. I, I get it. So it's yes. not a fun Bless thing. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.